This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is doing great, folks. It is Thursday evening going into Friday morning. What a long week we've had, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even know. I just had to say that. Other people say that. (laughs) Every week is long to me, folks. Every week is long to me since William was born. Uh, But by the way, folks, I ate that bread last night. That was the bread I made that was stuffed with the everything bagel seasoning, basil, fresh shaved Parmesan, and uh, fresh chopped garlic. Folks, dynamite. Dynamite. I'm not buying bread at the store anymore. Now I just have to be careful, because if I eat bread, uh, I really try to watch out for carbs and starches. If I start eating bread, folks, I will blow up. I'll be over here, I'll look like uh, Michael Moore. Not Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast, but Michael Moore of Roger and me. And I don't want to look like that, folks. Not anytime soon, anyway. So uh, here's a tip for you, though. Here's a tip. You want to bake this bread... And, and it takes about, um, all right, so you turn the oven on 450 degrees and you put your Dutch oven in there. By the way, I used the fully cast iron Dutch oven with no enamel on it. So the first one I made was with the enamel. came out great, but I don't want to ruin that enamel Dutch oven. If you have the temperature too high in the oven, you could actually crack those. So I used a straight-up cast iron one that my Aunt Elaine gave me about six months ago. She was getting rid of a bunch of cast iron cookware, and she knows I love cast iron, and I use it when I go camping and stuff. So she gave me this cast iron Dutch oven, and I used that. So you put it in there. And you let it warm up with the oven when it's warming up to 450 degrees. And then when it gets to 450 degrees, I let it sit for about 30 minutes. All right. So that's about 40 minutes there. And then you have, um, you take the uh, dough on top of the parchment paper. I explained this in the past episode, so you can check that out there. You're going to just put it inside the Dutch oven on the parchment paper and you close the top to the Dutch oven, you put it in the oven and you're going to let that cook in there for about 30 minutes. All right. Then you take it out and you're going to remove the top. Make sure you wear oven mitts or you're using like a dishcloth or something. Otherwise you're going to burn your hands. Um, so you take the lid off and then you put it back in the oven 
and you let it sit in there for 10, 12, 15 minutes, depending on how crisp you want the top of the bread, how brown you want it. I like it between like a golden, sort of a light brown. And that takes about 10 to 12 minutes. I would say 15 at the most. You take it out, you put your little turkey thermometer in there, and you want it to be between about 190 and 210 degrees. All right. And if it's done, now you take it out off the parchment paper and you put it on a drying rack. And you want to let that sit till it gets down to between about 90 and 110 minutes. And I would say that takes about an hour and a half to two hours. All right. And the reason why you want to do that is in the bread cooking process, even with this simple bread, uh, the stuff I'm making right now, you want to let it cool because that actually finishes the cooking process. Otherwise, the uh, dough inside cannot be fully cooked. It might be wet when you cut it. It might tear the bread. So you want to let that cool down to about 90 to 110 degrees inside. So the point being, folks, is if you want this bread for breakfast or you want it for dinner, I would say you want to start that process a few hours before you're ready to eat it because this bread, when it's fresh and it's warm, is dynamite so last night we sliced it up and we ate it with the homemade turkey soup i made and the butter melted right on it the garlic inside uh, i had minced it really nice it really small it almost melted in there so it had this garlic layer inside oh folks out of this world if i ever go half amish i'm probably just going to live off of this this bread now with the central bank digital currency system they might stop me from buying bread flour so i don't know how that's going to work out so maybe i should start stocking up on bread flour ladies and gentlemen so yeah you want to make it about three hours before you're going to eat it so it's nice and warm nice and fresh uh you know a big loaf this is a three and a quarter cup three and a half cup flour loaf for four or five people it is sufficient the bread's good i just had a little piece i toasted up for breakfast it's great toasted but when it's fresh out of this world out of this world all right folks another thing i was talking to my uh father last night for about an hour i hadn't talked to him since he was here for thanksgiving believe it or not i used to call him every day to check in with him all right he's single he was uh, married twice divorced twice doesn't want any women just likes to do his thing his private investigator stuff if you want to check it out you can listen to him on episode 95 i think i interviewed him for about three hours but i talked to him last night and now he does not listen to the show. He's listened to a little bit of the show and he was on the show. So he starts telling me, yeah, you need to stop just talking about the problems. Now, remember, this guy sits around and he watches Fox News. He has for 20 years and he listens to talk radio. He's listened to everybody from Glenn Beck to Mark Levin to Sean Hannity to Rush Limbaugh and uh, everyone in between. So he says, um, you need to stop just talking about the problems. We need to talk about solutions. I said, all right, Dad. Well, here's the problem here. The problems that I'm discussing are actually the real problems, not the problems that you're seeing on Fox News or that uh, Mark Levin and Sean Hannity are talking about. These are the real problems. This is what's actually happening behind the scenes. This is the buildup of technocracy. This is why I got into the history of technocracy and eugenics. Of course, he has no idea what I'm talking about. We're on two totally different wavelengths. So he's sitting, oh, what the, who cares about the history of technocracy? You know, is a eugenic, who cares? about what happened in 1920 i said well this is the problem if you don't understand the history uh, of where 
all this stuff came from, you don't understand the present. And if you're distracted watching the World Wrestling Entertainment Federation Clown World Circus Wrestling Show on Fox News and MSNBC and CNN, then you really don't have an understanding about what's actually happening, all these problems you're seeing, why it's really going on, what's really happening. And the fact that technocracy is rolling in. So he said, well, you know, how do people listen to that all the time? I said, Dad, you listened to Glenn Beck for years. This is the type of stuff he was talking about. Oh, yeah, but, you know, and then solutions, this. And I said, well, what are your solutions? Your solutions are to vote harder. All right, see, I said, I'm post-politics. I don't believe these problems come from the Democrats or come from the Republicans. They come from all of them. It is the system that is the problem. It is the state that is the problem. And so he said, oh, yeah, oh, the state, this, it's individuals. Look, if people got out there, if your audience, you know, just knew who to vote for. I said, first off, my audience is in the top one percentile of people in this country that actually know what the hell is going on. Uh, Either one, because they're listening to me, they're listening to Mike Moore, they're listening to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays. They're listening to VM, a regular guest on the Thomas Paine podcast they're listening to legal man of the quash a regular guest and they actually understand what's going on or two they're listening to us because they already knew what was going on and now they just want more information and so he said oh yeah but da, da, da. yeah so back and forth back and forth i said dad listen at the end of the day then you've got to cut my father off so i said at the end of the day we do talk about solutions here I mean, real solutions, because the technocracy in my eyes is is pretty it's inevitable at this point so the idea oh it's inevitable oh so you're giving up you're telling people not to have hope no father no father no in my ideal world we would buy a million acres out in montana or west virginia or texas or i don't really care what state it's in that doesn't matter to me because yes you could say that certain states are better than others but overall the federal government runs the show and you have to go build a half amish style community if and and i said to my father the difference between me and you dad is we have different goals not everyone has the same goals see my goals are not to stay put where i am and just keep voting and hoping that makes things better my goal is breaking away from this and not having to interact with it on my daily life and only stepping into the matrix when i have to to go make money or when i have to interact with the government to pay taxes because i don't want them to come and arrest me that's the only time i want to interact with the system very similar to the amish and only a couple hours from here is lancaster pennsylvania big hub of the amish you know, and some of the midwives we work with on my wife's uh, birth and the birth of William have worked with the Amish over the years. So I got a little bit of uh, new information on the Amish. I haven't followed the Amish myself personally for a few years. So what they do is they do all their farming, all their growing, all their butter churning and their fudge making. And they do all that in the Amish community, basically very limited to no technology. And then they go into Philadelphia. Uh, it used to be 
the Reading Terminal, this old railroad station. I think that still goes on every weekend. They come in and they sell all of their goods to what they call the English. That would be all of us, the English. Doesn't matter what color you are, what religion, what race, what creed, you're English. All right. And so they go into the Reading Terminal and they sell their goods to the English. Well, that is for the Amish stepping into the matrix. They're coming in to sell to get food coupons, right? This money that they take back home. Because as I've explained to you before, you can live out this outside of the system as much as you want. Now, if you have a homestead, if you have the ability to buy a piece of property with no mortgage, so you're not interacting with the bank on payments and such, that's great. But if you have that, even if you're growing your own vegetables, maybe raising your own cattle, there are things you're going to need, like a car or a John Deere tractor, things like that where you might not be able to barter. All right, say you need a new pickup truck or a used new pickup truck. So let's say you're going to buy an old... Uh, Ford F-150 or something to have around the farm and you find someone will sell it for three four five thousand dollars or something like that cash let's say you could still do that in this world you're going to need cash to go buy that because that guy might not take 47 sacks of potatoes from you in trade for the truck so you step into the matrix to sell some of your goods to make some cash so that you can buy that truck and then bring it back to your homestead so i told my father that is my ideal situation that is what i am trying to accomplish i'm kind of working against the clock as we all are uh i went through a divorce not long ago obviously with my uh with my partner she's my partner i call her my wife we didn't actually get married and we're going to keep it that way for the time being but she is my wife and i am her husband in our hearts and we have baby william together and so that's what we want to try to do we're going to try to break off get a little homestead it would be fantastic as a mega solution for all of us to live on a giant homestead together but to organize a bunch of people like that is quite difficult and everybody is in different financial circumstances and everyone has different goals and so to put this together it would be a huge project now if the show keeps growing, if we keep doing well over here, maybe I will be in a position a year, two years from now, if we still have the ability to organize, to maybe lead a project like that. I've done stuff like this before, uh, not on this kind of a scale, but it might be something I'd be willing to lead because at the end of the day, someone has to lead this type of project. So. Anyway, it was funny talking to my father on these solutions, and my father did end up saying in the end, well, if somebody came up with something like that, I would move there. And so that's what we're going to start talking about in uh, the next couple of weeks is more solutions, real-world solutions, not voting and this kind of stuff. I mean, it, I just, I've withdrawn from that system. I'm no longer going to be tricked or baited into a system that has gotten us where we are today. So whether Republicans or Democrats are in power, we are where we are today. The country, in my eyes, has only moved in one direction since its founding, and that's where we are today. The technocracy is here. It is our culture. They are coming. So we have to talk about real solutions. And in your personal life, you could start to take some of the smart objects out of your house, get rid of the ring cameras, you know, start to interact less uh, with the smart technology, try to go analog as much as possible, continue to use cash so you're not tracked, try to get a car that's older without a computer in it. You know, these are things you can do in your personal life where you are today. 
And then you can move to the next step, which is what we're working on and going to try to do within a year is at least get, you know, three, four acres out in. We're probably going to go out in West Virginia because where we are now, uh, we just have some connections in this area. We'd like to be within an hour of here. So we're looking at West Virginia. You can get to some pretty... uh, uh, you know, rural areas out there for sure, you know, three, four, five acres. And then we secured, as I said, a piece of land in Poland. That's sort of going to be our second base camp. Um, and, and, and it's not like I think you can run from the problems in the United States over to Poland. Poland has its own problems. The United States is over in Poland meddling right now. So Poland has problems as well, but Right now, you have to start to think uh, globally as well uh, and try to figure out how to beat these guys and how to secure uh, your assets and insulate yourself from what is coming. All right, folks, when we get back, I'm going to talk about this uh, pretty much orchestrated labor shortage. I want to show you what's going on. And then this is the push into universal basic income, which we're going to cover here. And uh, yes, folks, our 100th anniversary yesterday, guess what? Elon Musk announced that he will be putting a brain chip inside a human six months from now, and he would get one for sure. So I guess we did get to celebrate something here on our 100th anniversary anniversary folks this is episode 101 when i get back labor shortages and then we're going to work our way back into consensus and we're going to finish up on central bank digital currency i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ping.TV slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so... Anyway, the point being there with my conversation with my uh, father last night is that you can't come up with real solutions unless, one, you know what your end goals are, and two, you know what the real problems are that you're facing. If you understand what the real problems are that you're facing, then you can look at your list of goals, and then you can look at your list of options on how to get from this problem, whatever problem you identify to your goal and you can do that in a realistic fashion and not be running around banging your head against the wall and that is the point of that folks so understand this and that's what we're doing here that's why i spend the time to break this down because unless i myself personally went through all of the central bank digital currency Uh, papers, uh, white papers, articles, uh, tech companies. I don't really understand what is coming. I just have to rely on what someone else tells me, or I have to rely on one article I read, or I'm going to just say, I I don't want to hear that. It pierces my worldview. So I'm going to put my head in the sand and pretend it's not coming. Or I'm going to sit there like my father and say, oh, let them try to take my social security and move it into CBDC. Well, that is coming. It is coming and there's nothing you're going to do about it. So you should start to prepare for that now. 
All right, you should start to prepare for that now. But unless you listen to the last few episodes of this podcast or you go do the research yourself, you won't understand that it actually is coming. It's a real problem. So if your goal is to not have to interact with that system, then you're going to have to figure out a solution to that fairly quickly. Because if that's coming down the pike one, two, three years from now, you have one, two, three years to plan. Right. So I said to my father, maybe start to look at all the things you like to purchase right now and figure out uh, with an educated guess what some of the items that they're going to block you from buying with the CBDC once it's programmable and maybe hoard that stuff right now. Take some of the cash you have on hand and buy a bunch of Snickers bars or whatever it is that you want. And then that way. You are ready for when they move you into central bank digital currency and you can't buy Snickers bars anymore. See, those are real solutions to working around this system. But if you wait until the day that the Social Security Administration and the president, whoever that may be at the time, comes rolling out and says, okay, Social Security is moving over to a CBDC platform. It starts tomorrow. Uh, If you don't like it, then you're not getting your Social Security. Well, now you're screwed. Now you're jammed up, all right? And now maybe you won't be able to buy those Snickers bars that you like. So to understand what the real problem is, to understand what um, are coming out of this whole technocracy, what is fluff, what is real, what is coming, what is not, then you can start to actually come up with real-world solutions in your personal life. All right, I want to go through this real quick. This is important. It's an article I actually came across a couple of days ago. And I think it's really important because they break down labor shortages. And what we're seeing right now, uh, and the reason why I'm putting this in here while we're in the middle of central bank digital currency is because I need to talk about universal basic income. And everything is orchestrated. Unlike my father, who likes to believe that some stuff is organic, in my mind, it's all orchestrated at the highest levels. And so the way that this, and it's not a conspiracy theory to believe that. In fact, it's not even a conspiracy. All right, a conspiracy is more than two people meeting together in secret to develop plans to achieve a similar outcome. All right, a shared outcome. Well, they're not doing this stuff in secret, folks. They're talking about it at the World Economic Forum, at the United Nations, at the International Monetary Fund, at the um, at the Bank for International Settlements. All these conferences, all these tech companies are publishing papers. There's no conspiracy. This is not a secret. So, what I want to show you here from the perspective of this is air conditioning, heating, and refrigeration news. That's achrnews.com. It's like a trade magazine for HVAC guys. But it's a well-written article. It does not get into, let's say, COVID deaths or vaccine deaths. But it's going to show a lot of what happened over the last two and a half years, which I believe is orchestrated. And so you create this labor shortage. And then what ends up happening? You have companies, restaurants, like the ones in my uh, town here, like White Rabbit, the pizza place I told you about, implementing technology from this company, Toast, to do table online ordering and just have a runner, eventually probably a robot, bring the food out to your table. 
And so they're pushing us further and further into technology, which is the technocracy, uh, by creating this labor shortage. And then what is also going to happen is the people who've been taken out of the workforce will eventually move into universal basic income, which will be uh, paid and distributed via central bank digital currency. And I'm going to show you some of that tonight. And the reason why I'm putting this in here is I want you to see where we're actually moving with all this technology, just like I showed you the new narrative being set up by the Social Security Administration that I think will become part of the push to move Social Security into CBDC. You're going to see this here now with universal basic income. And then we're going to take this back and bookend the last few episodes with the research I've done on the company Consensus, who is this software programmer developing blockchain technologies to sit on top of the Ethereum network, and also at the same time working with major so-called private sector players like Visa and MasterCard to be able to build out the infrastructure to introduce central bank digital currency at a large scale. Meanwhile, they're working with the central banks, and they launched a project with the Bank for International Settlements to do cross-border CBDC in a uh, test pilot scenario. So this is all happening in real time. Uh, By the time we're done with this, I think we're going to wrap up with consensus tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to show you a little bit about Elon Musk and the brain chip, obviously, because we covered that so much on the show, and that just happened yesterday. So we will cover that. And then we're going to wrap up with consensus, and then we're going to go into the panel discussions from the World Economic Forum, United Nations, International Monetary Fund, and Bank for International Settlements. And that's how we're going to end on uh, central bank digital currency. Uh, and, I, and I mean, from my end, from the Dustin Gold Standard, then we're going to tie that in with the work that Wide Awake Jim is doing. He just sent me, I don't know, 58 documents last night. He said he's wrapping up with his research today on this uh, next three or four shows. There's going to be something like 200 documents. So hopefully we're going to be able to take what we did and then tie that in with what he's working on and be able to paint a very clear picture for you and hopefully create a timeline to be able to show you when these rollouts are coming. All right, folks, let's look at this again. AC... Uh, HR News, that's Air Conditioning, Heating, and Refrigeration News. This is written on November 20th, 2022. It says here, U.S. employers' most common complaint across almost all business sectors is an inability to find workers. The coronavirus pandemic and its aftermath helped generate this continuing problem for many employers. Following the pandemic, roughly 3 million fewer workers are participating in the labor force today than in February 2020. And as we know, February 2020 was right in the middle of the COVID Land High School Theater production kickoff, which was between January and March 2020. It continues, in addition, more than 10 million job openings exist, with fewer than 7 million unemployed workers to fill them. The lack of workers presents a problem to more than just employers. It has impacted many across the country. Travelers have faced flight delays and cancellations due to a shortage of pilots and attendants. Understaffing at many hospitals has led to stressed and overworked nurses who are quitting, which further exacerbates the shortage. A shortfall of 80,000 truck drivers has contributed to clogged ports, which in turn leads to limited supply and higher consumer prices. 
Staffing shortages have caused retailers, restaurants, and other service businesses to struggle to provide their standard level of service. Now, let's just break this down for a second here. What they don't get into in this article, I don't believe, is that first off, let's just take what they're talking about. Airlines, they're talking about hospitals, they're talking about trucking companies, right? Well, all three of those were trying to force people to get the COVID jab or lose their job back when the private sector was playing the mandate game. So a lot of people left those professions that did not want to be jabbed. Okay, so look right there. That is orchestrated. It is orchestrated. You try to force those employers to get a jab, and then they say, no, I'm not working here. Well, that's orchestrated because there was a decision made to say that you were going to enforce those types of employees, and I said employers before, I apologize, employees to get the jab, and then they quit. That's that's orchestrated. You're creating a bunch of employees that are quitting and leaving, all right? So there you go. That's number one there. So all of a sudden, there's this major shortfall. Now, they're going to get into, in this article, some of the other things that I hadn't thought about that are causing the shortfall here. And now they're saying it's trickling over to retailers, restaurants, and other service sector businesses. All right, now what I believe and what I see this trend happening, brick and mortar is gone. That's already been written out under the force industrial revolution. So they want to orchestrate a collapse of employees, and that is... This collapse will then be blamed on employees as they start to close up all the brick and mortars. I think what you're going to see, and this comes out of my research into the fourth industrial revolution and the World Economic Forum and others, that rolling out to 2030, you're not really going to have restaurants in the way that you see them anymore. They might be kitchens, like commercial kitchens, and then the food will be delivered to your house via DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, stuff like that. Grocery stores that you walk into and purchase things, that I believe is going to be gone. I think that's going to change over to an Amazon model where it's giant grocery warehouses. Everything will be picked off the shelves, whether by humans or robots or whatever, and that will be delivered to your front door so the brick and mortar industry i think that's out the window that's written into the fourth industrial era that's what we're moving towards folks so i think this is an orchestrated collapse all right to move us further into a full-blown technocracy all right when we come back ladies and gentlemen we're going to continue with this because it's it's very important that you understand everything that is going on here so this way When you're out at a restaurant and you see them uh, pushing this Toast app where you scan a QR code with your phone, pull up the menu, order, and then a runner brings it out of the back and there's no more waiters. Instead of complaining about it, you're going to understand exactly why it's happening. See, I'm trying to clear up all this stuff for you and give you the truth so that you understand this and you no longer have to worry about it. You're just going to say, well, yep, this was orchestrated, all designed that way. And you don't have to complain. You could just work on your solutions, you know, to get to your goals. And we could try to beat the clock before all this stuff comes in to fruition. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 